And now, from our studios in Kansas City, Sci-Fi For Me Radio is live from the bunker. Okay, ladies and gentlemen. Hello, Dave in the chat. Good to see you. We are live from the bunker. It is Thursday, April 14th. Anything happening today? Anything worth talking about? My name is Jason Hutt. I am the editor here at Sci-Fi For Me, where we cover science fiction, fantasy, and horror, and sometimes that uh, bleeds over into talking about technology and such, which is kind of what we're going to do today. Uh, I'm hoping to get some people in here, but it could be very much just me, so that's okay, too. Oh... What a day. What a week. The trial continues in Virginia. We're not going to talk about that one, though. There are plenty of people that are covering that. We are broadcasting live to Facebook, Odyssey, and YouTube, and we're available on a number of podcast platforms. If that is your preferred method of consuming media... Yeah, Dave, that's that's right. A wacky week thus far, that's for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So, let's let's get into this because this is uh this is this <laughs> uh I tell you. <coughs> I was not expecting things to go this quickly. Uh, All right, so Elon Musk, for those of you who might not have missed it, we've got breaking news this morning that Elon Musk has made a bid to buy Twitter outright. And the bid is valued around $43 billion. And apparently he made this uh, he made this bid. Uh, recently and communicated his intent over the weekend to the board of directors in Twitter. And this could be a little bit more complicated than we might think. And of course, there are going to be some reactions. (laughs) We'll get into that in a minute. Uh, Yeah, Dave, Dave says, I sense a good tremor in the force. Maybe. Maybe. Stop and consider the line from 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 the Batman movie, though. You you either die a hero or live long enough to be a villain. And we've certainly seen that come to pass with people like Kathleen Kennedy and Bill Gates and uh, Anthony Fauci and all all manner of people. You sit there and go, oh, wait a minute. This is not such a good guy after all. And, of course, there are people that are making the case that Elon Musk is a Bond villain in the making. We'll get to some of the reactions to this stuff here in a little bit. But I wanted to just kind of go over a few things. Uh, Richard Hogue has a really good video on this, uh, Hogue Law. Uh, If you want to find that, uh, he's been a guest on this program. He's right now on the the LawTube panel over at Legal Bites talking about the the, uh, Johnny Amber thing but he's got a pretty good video out that he put out this morning and i gotta say his turnaround time is pretty quick because this thing didn't this thing broke at 7 30 eastern this morning so not even what was that four and a half hours ago and he's already got a 40 minute video out on it here a, a while back so uh, he's got some interesting uh, information in there as it concerns the Williams Act and what the deal is, is the filings and that kind of thing and we'll go over some of that but uh, this is this is where it started on uh, uh, this morning with uh, 
Elon Musk posting to Twitter, <laughs> quote, I made an offer, and he's got a, a link to the filing with the Securities Exchange Commission. And this is his uh, report to the government that he's offered to buy outright Twitter. And when you go down here at the... Uh, at the bottom of this. So basically, the way this thing has played out, uh, we, we know that Elon Musk has played, he, he bought 9.2% of the, of the company stock, <clears throat> making him the largest outside shareholder in the company. And everybody blew a gasket because, oh my, what does this mean for free speech, right? And, of course, everybody was, you know, are, is he gonna is he gonna put Trump back on? Is he gonna put the Babylon Bee back on? You know all sorts of speculation and wild stories. Either way, uh, Robert Reich, who uh, served in the Clinton administration, uh, did a did an op ed piece in the Guardian, basically talking about how this was a terrible, terrible, terrible thing. And we may look at that a little bit. But then we find out he's going to be on the board of directors. And then we find out he's not going to be on the board of directors because the deal that uh, was in place proposed basically would limit Musk's ownership of Twitter to 14.5%, I believe was the number. Thus effectively limiting how much influence that he could have as a member of the board. And according to this filing with the SEC, his communication with them after all of this was, I, I, I don't think that I can be as effective on the board in a fiduciary manner because the board is not acting in the best interest of the company. He's got a list here, uh, his, his appendices to the, uh, to the, uh, filing exhibit B is his letter to Brett Taylor, chairman of the board of Twitter. He says, quote here, I invested in Twitter as I believe in its potential to be the platform for free speech around the globe, and I believe free speech is a societal imperative for a functioning democracy. However, since making my investment, I now realize the company will neither thrive nor serve this societal imperative in its current form. Twitter needs to be transformed as a private company, as a result, I'm offering to buy 100% of Twitter for $54.20 per share in cash, a 54% premium over the day before I began investing in Twitter, and a 38% premium over the day before my investment was publicly announced. So he's basically saying, I'm going to make an offer that's better than what you possibly could expect, and let's... Let's go and see what happens. He says uh, it is uh, a best and final offer. If it's not accepted, I'd re I would need to reconsider my position as a shareholder. So he's uh, he's basically put it out there. He's like, okay, here we go. What are we going to do? Dan Danford has joined the program. Uh, Dan, your camera is not on as of yet. Can you hear me, sir? I don't see or hear Dan, but I know he's in there. Are we are we still we're still on, aren't we? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Dan, you might want to dump out and come back in because I don't I don't see or hear you yet, sir. Let me let me give him a let me give him a message. Let's see what happens there. Because I'm sure Dan will have uh, have some opinions on this, have some thoughts, which, you know, 
That's why that's why I sent him the that's why I sent him the link. We'll see. I don't know. Um let's see if uh let's see what's happening here. Okay. I don't know where he went. Uh I don't know if he's I don't know if he saw if he's if he's seen my note or not. All right. Anyway, okay. So while we're figuring out the tech on that, I want to go through some of this because this is this is the letter that he wrote to the to the board. However, he's also added a transcript of text messages that he sent over the weekend last weekend, this this past weekend. And this is sent via text, quote, As I indicated this weekend, I believe that the company should be private to go through the changes that need to be made. So he's already had conversations with somebody. And remember when Parag put, it, put out that note that said, you know, Elon's not going to be on the board. And he put out, you know, he, he, he gave us a, a screenshot of the note that he sent to the company Basically saying, beware of distractions coming ahead. They knew that this was coming. So in this in this filing here, this uh, sent via text, as I indicated, he thinks the company's got to go private. <clears throat> After the past several days of thinking this over, I have decided I want to acquire the company and take it private. I am going to send you an offer letter tonight. It will be public in the morning. Are you available to chat? And he's basically saying, he's basically put him on notice. This is a tender offer, when this, and, and that's where we get into the Williams Act. Uh, but a, according to this note, his, this is best and final. I am not playing the back-and-forth game. I have moved straight to the end. It's a high price, and your shareholders will love it. Now, making it public and making it a tender offer, but, you know, as, as required by the, the Williams Act, He's putting a number out there that the shareholders are going to be aware of from the get-go. So if the board of directors says no and eliminates the possibility that these shareholders could make a, a, a good bit of money, are they acting in a fiduciary manner for the company? That's, that's the question. He says, if the deal doesn't work, given that I don't have confidence in management, nor do I believe I can drive the necessary change in the public market, I would need to reconsider my position as a shareholder. Basically saying, I'll sell what I've got. He says, this is not a threat. It's simply not a good investment without the changes that need to be made. And those changes won't happen without taking the company private. So that's the... That's the gist of this. Um, Dan, I don't know if you can... Uh, I, I'm not sure what's happening with Dan. <clears throat> he's, in, he's in the call, but he's not in the call. I don't know. Dan, if you can hear me, you might want to jump out and jump back in because I don't see or hear you. I don't know. Can I... Um, let's do this. All right, some technical difficulties here, folks. Stand by. I don't. I don't see him in there. All right, I'm going to, I'm going to, no, 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 I don't want to do that. <laughs> I do want him to come back in. Uh, all right, well, we'll see, we'll see if Dan can get, uh, can get, himself sorted out there. I don't know. Uh, what about says it's a 40 plus million dollar troll job? Yeah. Uh, is it 40 million? No. It's not 40. It's not 40 million. 40 billion. It is 43.4 4 
billion dollars. That's according to this article in TechCrunch. Uh, he's willing to pay $54.20 per share to buy 100% of the company. It's an all-cash offer, values the social network at $43.4 billion. Now, if you look at the stock price right now, um, the one day, look, it's, it's kind of gone all over the place. But see, at, uh, uh, what is today? Today's the 14th, so at... 9.30 a.m. Eastern, $48.42. And then it starts this wild roller coaster ride. It dips out at 40, 45 and some change, 45.31. And then it starts to climb back up. It's now sitting at 46.65 a share. So, hang on a second here. So we'll send that because it doesn't look to be working. Maybe Dan can't hear me. I don't know. You ought to be able to. All right. So $46.69 a share. Uh, and yet, Mazers, you're right. A Lucasfilm was bought for $4 billion, And that does, that does put a little bit of perspective on it because, uh, you know, four, this, is, this is Twitter. But it does speak to how Elon Musk sees Twitter as being an influential um, media space because, you know, how much impact does Twitter have worldwide? Not just in the United States, but, you know, we've, we've seen Twitter being used and... and, and during the during the Ferguson riots, during during various different riots, Twitter and and Periscope, their their live video widget that they had for a while, was being used to disseminate news that we weren't seeing in other places. And there's some benefit to that. There's some, especially in those places where there's media blackouts, uh, like in Ukraine, for example, now or Russia. Uh, places where the the regime does not want the public to know what's going on. A lot of these oppressive dictatorships that are in the Middle East, uh, Iran being one of them, doesn't want people knowing about what's going on in, in there. China uh, locks down their social media on a number of occasions. So so sometimes it's it's a necessary thing and a beneficial thing to have some alternate way that you can get the news out to the public. Get the word out. This thing's happening. And it's interesting that that Musk seems to be saying that Twitter is much more important to society as a communications and news disse information dissemination tool rather than something that makes profit. And in order to maximize the potential of the platform, it needs to be private. And I and I and I I can see his point because if it's public and you have a lot of different shareholders. I mean, you look at what's going on with Disney right now. And I think you can draw a parallel. And, and the more I think about this, the more I like this theory. It doesn't necessarily hold that it's true. <coughs> but you have in Bob Chapek a, co a corporate officer, a CEO, who has a responsibility to get the company profitable. And by profitable, that means making money for the shareholders, the stockholders, the people who own the company, not necessarily the people who work for the company. 
And this whole business in Florida has blown up to the point where I, I heard the theory the other day, and I, I don't know whose theory it is. Uh, Midnight's Edge was talking about it, but I don't think it's their theory either. This idea that Chapek could be uh, egg on his face publicly for now in order to drive a narrative that Disney is going so woke and political in order to get the backlash from the public such that the shareholders feel the financial pain and they put a stop to it all. It's, it's a 4D chess theory, and I don't know just how, how sound it is. I like the theory. doesn't necessarily make it true. It doesn't mean that that's actually what's happening. But you all, but you you take that and you look at what Elon Musk is, has been saying about Twitter and the and this notion of free speech and unfettered uh, communication and and for a long time people have been talking about how Twitter and Facebook and these other places need to have their Section Two Hundred and Thirty protections removed because they're not <laughs> excuse me they're not acting as a plat- platform they're acting as a publisher. And because of that, uh, curating, uh, curating content, curating comments, uh, banning users and, and such like, they're acting in a way that is not protected by Section 230 of the Communications Act. And if, if, if Elon Musk sits there and says, okay, Twitter is very important in the public discourse space, and it is. There are a lot of people that use it. Not There's not, percentage-wise of the population of the world, there's not a lot of people that use it. But there's, you know, something like 2 million people use Twitter or something like that. I may have that number wrong. It's not a huge number in terms of the world. But, as we've seen and as people have complained, Twitter has got a heavy influence on a lot of things that that get decided by corporations and politicians and whatnot. So it does have an impact on the discussion and it does have an impact on political discussion and political speech. And if you're going to make a, uh, if you're going to make a political point or if you're going to be somebody like a, 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 uh, a, a Donald Trump or a Ron DeSantis or a Chris Christie or whoever, then, you know, for Twitter to ban politicians, especially if they are elected to office, that affects political speech. And you get into the dynamics of the First Amendment when it comes to, uh, when it comes to that. Because of the public nature of Twitter... Not necessarily from an ownership standpoint, but from a, a an exposure and use standpoint, Twitter has become the public square of of sorts. Uh, you know, Facebook the same way, and so it, then it yes, it's a private company; you can do whatever it wants. But if Elon Musk actually takes the company private and he can do whatever he wants. And he sits there and says, okay, we're just going to be a platform. Anybody can post whatever they're going to post. And it won't go that extreme, I'm sure. But how many people are going to melt down because, well, it's a private company and do whatever he wants, right? I don't know. I just... All right. I don't know what's happened with Dan. Dan just, Dan jumped in and he's just, it's not working. <laughs> um, I don't know. I've sent him, I've sent him an email. I've, I've posted on the chat. I'm, I'm hoping that we get this figured out. All right. <coughs> Here's what we're going to do. Um, let's, let's do this. I'm going to take a quick break. We're going to get into reactions to Elon Musk's bid. Uh, when we get back, uh, hopefully let's get the, let's get the tech figured out. We will be right back after this. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to sci-fi for me radio until you unsubscribe in a sudden, but inevitable betrayal. 
I was like, okay, hold on. You've got somebody, and all he does is put on some glasses and slicks back his hair, and nobody knows who he is. Nobody recognizes him. It's, 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 it's like that, that, uh, that scene in, in the Green Lantern movie where she looks at him and is like, how? You know, it's like, you just put on a mask and you expect me not to recognize you? The H2O Podcast, Monday night at 8, only on Sci-Fi For Me TV. Good morning, Multiverse. Saturday morning at 11, 10 Central, only on Sci-Fi For Me TV. Back live from the bunker, Jason Hunt here, along with all of you in the chat. What about there? Mazurus is there. Who else did I see in there earlier? Dave. Did I see Keeley up there? In the, in the, I haven't seen Keeley in there show up yet. All right. <coughs> so uh, as as we wait, I sent I sent Dan a new link. Uh, Mazurus has got a point right. Private company equals capitalism equals bad, along with the fact that Musk will likely really be demonized now as bad Caucasian American male, even though he's South African. Uh, and people make, uh, you know, th- the joke is is making the rounds this morning about how Elon Musk is, you know, an African American who's making a bid for a social media company. I mean, he he is. Kinda, not not in the way that people would would think. I don't know. It's it's just it's one of those things. I mean, you look at the reactions to this stuff. I know Data Racer One One Seven is going to be compiling screenshots, and those will be posted later. And I'm sure that they will be <coughs> entertaining, shall we say? Uh, let's look at this. Let's look at this one here because I'm, I'm sure this one is a parody. I'm sure that this one is not a real one. I'm going to assume it's not a real one. Our family was supposed to go on a trip to Disneyland today, but when I went to wake our six-year-old daughter, I found this. She refuses to get up. We've been saving for this trip for years. Elon Musk ruined our family vacation and shattered our kids' dreams. And it's a photograph of a note on the door. Mom and Dad, I am not getting up ever again if Elon buys Twitter. Of course, this is... This is uh, hearkening back, I'm sure, to all of those people who have posted about their four-year-olds offering some sage wisdom of some sort with regard to major policy issues that four-year-olds could not possibly understand. I have, I have, I, I'm reasonably 85, 90% certain that that one was a parody, was a joke, as a gag. But <laughs> in this day and age, how can you tell? Uh all right, Bleeding Fool's got some screenshots. Uh, they were talking about uh, Elon Musk. Uh, if Elon Musk wants to take his money and use it to impose his will and his beliefs on millions of people, then I say he has too much money and it's time for the IRS to relieve him of some of it. <clears throat> okay. Um, sure. Uh, let's see. Elon Musk making a play for Twitter out of his petty cash drawer is one more example of why the pooling of so much wealth in the hands of a few is a societal disease. Um, Elon Musk is making a hostile takeover bid for Twitter just in time to wreak havoc heading into the midterm elections. Mm-hmm. Make no mistake about the timing of all of this. Elon Musk wants to buy Twitter before the midterms in the 2024 election. He is mad that Biden doesn't tolerate his nonsense. 
Who cares if you threaten to delete Twitter if Elon Musk's hostile takeover succeeds? Musk will delete democracy. If narcissistic right-wing billionaires control media, they control minds, election, and the world. Hold on. Hold on. Wait a minute. Hang on. Hang on. This is an interesting one. Because it provides a little bit of insight into the progressive left. Think about what this person just said. Now, this is not a blue check mark. This is just some random, random person on Twitter. But if narcissistic right-wing billionaires control media, they control minds, elections, and the world. Let's flip that. Because who controls the media right now? Who controls the media right now? Who controls CNN, NBC, ABC, CBS, MSNBC, Washington Times, New York Times? Who, who controls the media right now? The progressive left. The lunatic fringe left, as Barry Weiss wrote in her in her op-ed piece. We, the media spends too much time, the New York Times editorial board spends too much effort and energy kowtowing to those 12 angry critics on Twitter. So wait, if the media controls minds and the media controls elections and the media controls the world... Don't we want to spread that out a little bit more so it's not just the lunatic fringe left that has a hold on that? Maybe? And out of all of the different social media platforms and media channels and cable networks and all these other things... You're going to blow a gasket over one? Does that indicate that Twitter has the kind of potential and influence that Elon Musk says it does? Or does it indicate that you are so enamored with power and greedy over your own ability to influence society that you don't want anybody else playing in your sandbox. Pick one. I just don't know what to say to that. <laughs> Dave says, it's not the Stone Martin Weasels, that's for sure. Uh, I don't know. I just, I don't know. It will be interesting to see. Oh, hey, here's breaking news. Hollywood Reporter. Oh, Interesting. Let me pop this one up here. I'm not, uh, this, is, this is just coming out here, so I haven't read this yet. Headline Elon Musk explains why he wants to buy Twitter, says he wants to open source the algorithm. Okay. Made the Thursday comments at the TED 2022 conference after unveiling a $43 billion bid. Is, is the, I guess the TED conference is going on now? Here's the, here's the article. This is from Hollywood Reporter. Elon Musk, in his first public appearance since his $43 billion bid to buy Twitter became public, says that he made the offer because, quote, Twitter has become kind of the de facto town square so it is just really important that people have the reality and the perception that they are able to speak freely within the bounds of the law. Musk made the comments at TED 2022, a new, a new era which was being held in Vancouver, British Columbia, was also live-streamed. Musk added he hopes to open-source the algorithm to try to improve trust in the platform. Interesting... An open-source Twitter. I wonder what that would look like. 
Interesting. Now, here's an here's an interesting note at the end of this. It's also not clear how serious Musk's offer is. We're just going to push. Oh, oh, he's not really serious about this. Unlike many other takeover offers, Twitter stock has failed to come close to the $54.20 per share that Mar- Musk offered, suggesting that investors don't view it as likely to succeed. <clears throat> uh, Cohen analyst John Blackledge the current offer is likely too low for Twitter shareholders or board to approve the deal at essentially the midpoint of one-year trading range. We also do not view internet and or media strategic players coming to the table at this point as a deal with the large digital ad platforms would likely not pass regulatory scrutiny. So they're kind of poo-pooing this deal. However, there is this other article. Let me see where I can find it here. Uh, it is... Uh, <coughs> excuse me, this is from, I want to say Zero Hedge posted this. Um, because this, this was an, an analysis of the Twitter's value, right? Down at the bottom, see, they, they hired Goldman Sachs, to do a valuation of it to sit there and say, okay, well, you know, they wanted they wanted to t- to tell Elon that this fifty four twenty is too low, you know, like like they just said in there in that Hollywood Reporter article, fifty four twenty that's that's not enough. However, in this report, Goldman Twitter's valuation is more reflective of the current multi-year investment cycle. We reiterate our sell rating and lower our PT from $36 to $30, reflecting the same valuation multiples on lowered forward operating estimates. Basically, Goldman is sitting there saying it's worth $30 a share and you should sell. Because fifty four twenty is much higher than what the what the value of the stock is, you should sell. Oops, Twitter's not worth fifty four twenty. This guy is offering well above the market value for the shares. So now, now. What does the board of directors do? Because if the board of directors has a fiduciary obligation to do what gets the shareholders the most financial benefit, do they sell? Do they advise their shareholders to sell? Because at this point, they do that. If Elon Musk becomes the sole proprietor owner of Twitter, he's already announced his intent to delist it from the New York Stock Exchange, take the whole thing private, and it's his company. It's no longer traded on the stock exchange. It's no longer a a board of directors as it's currently configured. Everybody's gone. And it becomes Elon Musk's sandbox to do with as he's able under the regulatory parameters that apply. Is this a good thing? Is he the hero we need? The hero we deserve? I don't know. A lot of people don't think so. Now, there's also this other hiccup. Because this came in um after it was disclosed the first round that he had bought the 9.2%. He's being sued by shareholders who said that he should have disclosed because when when they when they announced the 9.2% ownership deal, when they said Elon Musk is buying buying shares of Twitter. The assumption was that this discussion had been going on for several months, at least a few weeks. And these shareholders contend that those discussions should have been made public because if I'd known that Elon Musk was going to buy shares of Twitter, I wouldn't have sold my shares to Twitter and missed out on making a profit. 
Does he have a case? I don't know. I, 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 I'm not informed enough to judge the merits of that. It'll be interesting to see how that, uh, how that lawsuit plays out. But basically saying uh, that he, his, his failure to disclose at, at a certain time affected the stock price, affected the, the, the financial impact of buying and selling the stock because the price of the stock changed considerably after that was announced that he had bought 9.2% of the company. <clears throat> A new player in the chat. Uh, Musk is not a hero, far from it, but compared to other major players that are outright evil, so it's better if he gets to buy the Birdie app. I, You know, I, I keep seeing people who say that, that Elon is is some, you know, mwahaha, mustache-twirling type of thing, and I, I'm not... I would like somebody to point me toward information that shows that he is a terrible, terrible, terrible person. I mean, dating Amber Heard doesn't necessarily make him evil. It, it might make him reckless. But as we're finding out, she's no ray of sunshine. <coughs> right? I don't know. I don't know enough about Elon Musk's personal life. I don't want to know about Elon Musk's personal life, but he has been very consistent about his insistence that Twitter should be a free speech platform. And, you know, this goes back before they banned all of the different accounts that they've banned. And stop and consider, too, who they haven't banned. Think about the accounts that are still active on Twitter or Facebook. I mean, you can look at Facebook, too. You know, the guy that just did the, the, the subway shooting up there in New York, he's got videos all over the place talking about what he was about to do. And, and those are still active. Those are still up. Or at least they were. Nobody did anything to that. Nobody, you know, the, 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 the Chinese Communist Party still has an account. The Ayatollah Khomeini, Ayatollah, whoever's in charge of Iran now. See, I, I still think Ayatollah Khomeini, but he, Ayatollah Khomeini's gone. But whoever's in charge of, of Iran still has a Twitter account. <clears throat> I know they dinged Louis Farrakhan for a while. I don't know if they restored his account or not. But you stop and consider who they've banned besides Trump. Mostly conservatives or not left-leaning enough liberals <laughs> uh, let's see here all right Fuka says uh, you don't get to be a billionaire and an angel but compared to Lex Luthor at Amazon or BlackRock he may seem to be that's a that's an excellent point. And, you know, people are making the point about uh, ownership. You know, people are saying, oh, it's terrible to have the billionaires own the media, right? Well, we've got somebody posting uh, these these screenshots here. I mean, Jeff Bezos owns the Washington Post. He's worth. A hundred and fifty six billion dollars. John Henry owns the Boston Globe. He's worth $2.6 billion. Uh, Sheldon Adelson, Las Vegas Review Journal. He's worth $35.4 billion. Laureen Powell Jobs is worth $20.3 billion. She owns the Atlantic. Patrick Soon Shong, $7.2 billion net worth. He owns the Los Angeles Times. Mark Benioff. Salesforce, he's worth six point six billion, owns Time magazine. See, all of these all of these things now where you've got you know lots of lots of people who have money owns 
the media. And there are a lot of companies that own a lot of the media. You know, you look at Nexstar, you look at Adams Media, you look at, well, I mean, Adams Media, um, Law and Crime, that's covering the covering the trial up in Virginia right now. And, and they're up to shenanigans doing copyright strikes on various other different YouTube channels saying, you can't use this, but it's pool video that's provided by Court TV. Everybody's using the same video. By the way, congratulations to Come Geek Some, who got his copyright strike rescinded. So his video has been restored. I'm guessing that Dan's having technical problems. He's not going to be able to get in here. So um, that's a shame. But you know what? I managed to fill almost an hour by myself. It it's going to it's going to definitely uh, be an interesting weekend <laughs> to see what happens with all of this because it just it just keeps going. I mean it's it's we don't know uh, where this is gonna go go next. But here's here's one here's Max Boot <laughs> who's supposed to be a conservative ish. I think. I don't know. Who is this guy? Uh, columnist at Post Opinions, author of The Road Not Taken, Corrosion of Conservatism. All right, so he's supposed to be a conservative. I am frightened by the impact on society and politics if Elon Musk acquires Twitter. He seems to believe that our social media anything goes. For democracy to survive, we need more content moderation, not less. Think about this for a second, folks. This is a guy who supposedly is a conservative-ish. I think. I don't know. I, I could have that wrong. But he sits there and says, for democracy to survive, we need more content moderation, not less. Remember 1984, the book by George Orwell, which was supposed to be a warning this guy is basically saying, in order for the democracy to survive, I love democracy. In order for democracy to survive, we need more censorship. I, 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 I don't think that's how that works. I really don't. Jeff Jarvis posting on Twitter, um, professor at uh, New York, uh, was it Central University of New York? Um, this week in Google, Newmark Journalism School. He says, Today on Twitter feels like the last evening in a Berlin nightclub at the twilight of the Weimar Germany. He's basically saying the Nazis are taking over. I'm not exactly sure that they have this right. Might be me. It could be just me, but I don't know. Mazur says they have something to lose if Elon buys the company. Uh, they lose Trump. Gab's tweets were interesting. Did I see those? Yes. Gab points out that Google and Apple could remove Twitter from their app platforms. They could. Um, and that's another aspect to this, because if if Elon Musk buys Twitter and goes private with it and says, all right, it's just going to be this platform. We're going to let everything, you know, within the letter of the law, you can say whatever you want and nobody's banned. We just unban everybody and we just start over from square one and 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 reset. Apple and Google could remove Twitter from their their app libraries. In which case. Stop and consider how much of a platform Elon Musk has. Especially if he buys Twitter, but how big of a following does he have on Twitter? And how much news media coverage does he get because of Tesla and SpaceX and Starlink and all of these others? How much influence does he have in the technology sector because of the things that he's doing? Right now he's working on a bid in Los, An in Las Vegas 
for a bunch of underground tunnels transit system with the Boring Company. I don't know if anybody heard about this. But right now he's working on that. He's there. This reported this week. It's in the last, you know, the Las Vegas Strip. They're working on expanding. Uh, it's an un- basically an underground subway system, underground monorail uh, through the Boring Company, making a bid. They have a loop under there right now. It's not very big. I guess it's kind of a proof of concept type of thing. But Boring Contract, uh, Boring Company has a contract with the Las Vegas Convention and Visitors Authority to operate the tunnels it created. <clears throat> that deal recently changed. It was shortened from a five-year extension to a one-year extension, according to the Las Vegas Review-Journal. Uh, Steve Hill, the authority's president and CEO, said opportunities exist to reduce system costs if autonomous operations and contractual reductions in system overhead costs occur when Boring builds out the larger Vegas loop. 18 miles of tunnels and 51 planned stations with routes going throughout the resort corridor, out to Allegiant Stadium, and to Harry Reid International Airport. He's basically talking about building a subway system underneath Las Vegas and automating it. So, self-driving? Boring into the ground? Shall we say? I mean, that's exactly what they're doing. They're boring into the ground. (laughs) Mazers. The Boring Company. More boring than ever now. Even more boring than when Baron Von Boring bored all the judges at the biannual Boston Borough. Say that ten times fast, <clears throat> but I think I, the uh, the other thing there you have to you have to stop and consider too, is how much influence. How much influence does Elon Musk have as a public figure? Not as a media figure, not as a politician, because he's not into politics. He comments on politics. But he's not a politician. He is a public figure, which does make him a target of certain criticisms. Rightly or wrongly, you know, accurate or no. But he's got a platform. Even now, he has a platform because there are a lot of people that follow him on Twitter. He's currently sitting, I think, at uh, where is he seeing? 81.7 81.7 million followers. He's got a voice. He's got a he's got a place where he can say things. And if he buys Twitter, then nobody's going to shut him up. Nobody can ban him. Nobody can can restrict him. And then if Apple and Google decide that they want to execute some shenanigans, This public figure that gets a lot of media attention for everything that he does and things what he says, he could go after Apple and Google. Not to buy them out, but to call them out. And he's got enough public influence that maybe he can have an impact there as well on what Apple and Google can or cannot do. What if Elon Musk buys Twitter and through that causes Apple and Google to open up and become just platforms? It's 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 a wild concept that that nobody is is considering will actually ever happen i know that's blue sky and unicorns and and you know lucky charms in the bowl that that's not likely to happen but what kind of impact could he have in calling out apple and google for their censorship and then What impact does that have when the public sits there and says, oh, hey, yes, free speech is a nice thing. Give me some, please. Hey, Mark Zuckerberg, 
Twitter's letting me say everything that I want to say. When are you going to do it? Is this the beginning of the end of social media? One could hope. I mean, I don't think I don't think he's going to buy it and then burn it to the ground. But if this deal goes through, and I I say if because there's a lot of other hurdles, the shareholders got to agree with it, the regulatory agencies have got to agree to it. There's a lot of stuff that still has to happen. But if he manages to pull this off, how many people in the public space will be emboldened to say what they really think? On, on any angle of any discussion on any topic, right or left, liberal, conservative, Democrat, Republican, atheist, Christian, whatever. How many people right now self-censor in order to maintain access to certain social media platforms? And if they don't feel like they have to self-censor, what does that discussion then look like? And what impact does that have on our culture? And what impact will that then have on our entertainment and our news media. Because to dial all of this back to the things what we talk about normally here, Star Trek and Doctor Who and Star Wars and all of these franchises that we grew up loving and enjoying, they're all being written for the Twitter blue check marks right now. And the Twitter blue check marks don't care. They're not watching this stuff, but they're making a bunch of noise about it. And then what impact does that have on Disney? Because if people sit there and say, I'm going to speak out against Disney on Twitter because now Elon Musk owns Twitter and it's a free speech platform and now I can call out what I see Disney doing. What impact does that have? There are a number of ramifications here. Depending on what happens next. And we're going to keep an eye on it. And we're going to discuss it. And we hope you stick around for it. You can find us on a number of different social media platforms. You can sign up for our newsletter, which I still have yet to send out a new one. I know. I keep saying I'm going to send one out, and then I don't. Uh, if you've got review material, or if you just want to send us some tchotchkes or, or something, our mailing address is there. We've got a PayPal and a Subscribestar account for anybody who wants to send us money. And we are on four different video platforms. Not just YouTube, but also Twitch, Rumble, and Odyssey. So join us over there if you are so inclined. Of course, this show is available as a podcast on a number of platforms, so uh, you can you can join us over there as well. Feedback, you can al- always leave us a comment here or send us an email live from the bunker at sci-fi4me.com. Coming up next week, one, we're not going to have a show on Monday. Two... We are going to have a show, uh, we are going to have an H2O show Monday night. We're going to be discussing the legacy of H.P. Lovecraft and his influence on various other writers and some writers who have influenced him. And then the week after, on April 25th, we will have our 300th episode of the H2O podcast. And on... Tuesday uh, let's see if I got it here where did I put it where did I put it on Tuesday next week number 400 live from the bunker episode 400 and the reason we're doing this on Tuesday is because Mrs. Boss has to be actually in the work office on Monday so she can't be here so we're going to bump it so we're taking Monday off so I can finish the taxes <coughs> And then Mrs. Boss will be back in the studio. And on Tuesday, the 19th of April, 
our 400th episode of this show. Who knows what's going to happen? But we hope you join us for that. And in the meantime, remember, there are four lights. Thanks for being here, everybody. This has been a presentation of Sci-Fi For Me Radio. Copyright 2022 by Flaming Dog Media, LLC. All rights reserved. No portion of this program may be retransmitted without the express written consent of Flaming Dog Media. 